She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, coming back at you for another episode of the Autumn Miles Show. Y'all are going to need to hang on to your hat for this one. Today, we are going to talk about approval addiction. (laughs) I know no one out there struggles with approval addiction. It's such a rare thing to struggle with. Yeah, right. Okay. I know it's so bad, you guys. It is so bad, this problem of approval addiction. And I know it's so bad because you guys asked me to do something on approval addiction. Okay. And I wish I could say it was just one of you. It was like over the years, God only knows how many people that have actually asked me to do a message on this. So today we are going to hit it so hard after the break. It is going to be, I I know, I know it's going to help you. You know why I know that? Because it's going to be straight from God's word and someone in the scripture who struggled with approval addiction. Okay. Last week, we talked about David. We talked about him having fear, but also having faith. David struggled with fear. And if you did not see or hear, I guess you hear a podcast, I want you to go back and listen to the podcast from last week. I showed you in the Psalms where David was actually terrified. And what did he do? He pushed that fear over to the Lord. I talked about how annoying the hashtag faith over fear is because it takes the humanity out of fear. Guys, this series I know is breaking chains for y'all. Breaking chains, you know, break every chain. Love, love me some Tasha Cobbs out there. Listen, I know it is because you're telling me. So hold on to your hats for this episode after the break about approval addiction. And let's get free, you guys. Let's get free. Not based on anything that I say. I don't want you to listen to anything I say. What I do want you to listen to is the authority of the Lord speaking through his word. Okay. So what's happening to my life? Okay. I'm about, I'm about to offend everyone. My name is Autumn and I am obsessed with the fall. (laughs) So, okay. So I've got friends out there who like, you know, I, okay. So here's the thing. If a pumpkin spice latte is good enough for Starbucks on September 1st, well, and and I just feel like it's good enough for the Miles home. I feel like the pumpkin spice latte, even though in Dallas, I think it was probably over 100 degrees uh, the 1st of September, um, even though it was hot, I feel like uh, Starbucks helps us welcome in the fall season. We went to Target and there's like pumpkin creamer and Grace even found a peppermint creamer, which listen guys, I think it's too early for Christmas. Okay. But fall, no. So September 1st, every single year, every year, every year, I'm, I'm about to turn 41. So every year that I've been married, I'll put it that way for 17 years, 
we decorate for fall the very first weekend of September. And let me tell you, some of you guys are ruthless out there. When I put my little story up on Instagram about, hey, we're putting up our fall stuff. You guys are like, it is not fall. It's 100 degrees, whatever. Well, you know what? That's your opinion. We can live in the same world and disagree on that. But I have to, I want to talk to you about my kids for a second. What I have learned about my kids is they know, you know, Grace is almost 16 years old. So she knows on the first weekend in September, we're putting up our fall stuff. She also knows this. She is not allowed to go to anybody's houses. Jude, my 13 year old is not allowed to go to anybody's houses and the babies, they, they don't go, they just stay at our house. You know, clearly they're, they're six, but tradition is so deep in our family that they know if they are to ask, I will say no, like immediately. And um, because it is so, it's such a big deal. Tradition, I feel like the traditions, tradition has just become, you know, people like look at tradition. They're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you still do that. It's not trendy. Well, in this house, we have lots of traditions. And this weekend was no different. We got up early. You know, we get all the fall stuff out. We put it all up. I mean, I've got my... I'm I'm like waiting for that email from Bath and Body to come through because I want to go get my candles, you know, buy one, get one half off or buy one, get one free or whatever it is they offer. I've got my pumpkin candle going. I've got everything going. Moses, my six-year-old said, mom, will you make me homemade cinnamon rolls? And so I did. I made them at like nine o'clock the night before. So I got up and put them in the oven and it was just such an incredibly amazingly beautiful little few hours with the exception of, you know, the lights not working and um, my daughter having an allergic reaction to the the fake flowers that I put up on our mantle. (laughs) Other than that, it was awesome. But let me tell you something, parents of little kids. I'm so glad that when Grace and Jude were babies, that we started this. We, we did this one before we even had kids. I'm so glad. It gives them something to look forward to. It gives them something to enjoy. It gives us something to do as a family. And I would encourage you, I don't have a spiritual aspect to this one today, but I, I just, we love these moments. And if you're, if you have little kids at home, which I know a lot of you guys do start stuff like this when they're young and they literally will remind you when it's time to put up the fall decorations or whatever it is that you do. My kids love it even more than I do. And you know, it's to a point where my, my husband's family didn't do this when we were, when he was growing up, it's to a point now where he even reminds me. So we've, we've also instilled some tradition in my husband, even though he didn't grow up living like that. Instill these little traditions in your kids and in your family and build them into the culture of your family. And I am telling you what, it is such a blessing when you, when you can look forward to it every single year, especially in years like 2020 and uh, this year. So, okay, that's my little what's happening in my life. Catch me. Guys, you don't want to miss this on Approval Addiction. Right after the break, I'll be back with a word from the word. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. 
Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, we are back. And I'm going to take my time, walk you through what the Lord showed me about approval addiction or needing to be approved by people. Everybody struggles with this. Women struggle with it a lot, but men also do too. My husband is one that I was actually like, I would love to hear what you had to say about that. <laughs> you know, when I'm at home, I don't preach in messages. <laughs> so he's like, I'm, I'm just wondering like what God would give you about this. So we had a really cool conversation with the, about this, I would say a couple months ago. Men and women, teenagers, little kids want to be approved. Okay. It is built in us to be approved by our boss, approved by our friends, approved by our parents, approved by our teachers. We have a desire that is built into us to want to feel approved. Okay. That is built in to every single one of us. And when we don't feel approved, we feel somehow like we are a failure of some sort, okay? Or we're not measuring up, or we could do better, or whatever. And maybe you could, but I am telling you that there is an idol that we are worshiping of needing to be approved by human flesh that is quite honestly keeping us from some of the major purposes that God has laid out for us. Approval addiction is a huge trap of the enemy. This is uh, week three of the mind series. And I, I put it on day three because I knew we had to get a couple basic things out of the way. But this is a enormous trap. Why is it an enormous trap? Because the enemy knows you want it. It's built in you to be approved by something. It keeps us believers from supernatural abundance in life. I want you to think about it for a second. Say you did a project at work and you go to work and your boss looks at it and is not really thrilled about how you did it. You worked hard on it, but they want to make edits or they want to change things or something like that. Immediately, you feel like you don't measure up. That's not the case, but you are looking to a human for what only God can give you in its fullest. We have created an idol out of this, a little G God. I want approval from whoever it is that I sit under. 
and what we really need, what our hearts are really after, what our hearts desire, the reason that it's built into every single one of us is because we were made to be approved, not by humans, by God. And if we read the scriptures, we see and we find that God created us And when he created us, we were already approved. But Satan doesn't want you to know that truth. And we're going to talk about that today. He wants you to continue seeking truth from a well that will run dry. Human approval will always fall short because you'll need it again and again and again and again. And you'll you'll be five years older and you'll need it again from a different source. You'll need it again. And then you're five years older than that. And you'll need it from a different source. You know, we, we can live our entire life desperate, bowing down to this God of approval when we don't have to live like that, guys. We can live knowing we are approved. God gives us that stamp of approval. And that's really the main point of everything that I'm about to break down for you guys to do uh, today. Today, I want to say I struggled with this for 20 years of my life. So your girl knows what she's talking about over here. Okay. 20 years of my life. I'm 41 now. So I, I, not that I don't struggle with it, but I have lived in a different mind space for, uh, for almost 21 years. Okay. I'll be, I'll be 41 at the end of the month. I've lived in a different mind space. When I was growing up, I constantly sought the approval of whatever authority was reigning over me at the time. If it was my parents, I sought approval from them. If it was a Sunday school teacher, I a wanna teacher, I sought approval from them. I wanted to do the Bible drill better than anyone could ever do it. I wanted to please people. I wanted them to like me. It got me in major trouble when I got into high school and And I met a guy who I desperately wanted his approval. And if you followed along for any period of time whatsoever, my approval addiction and the need to be approved by people, not knowing how much I was already approved by God, got me married at the age of 18. And ultimately, I bowed down and submitted to what other people wanted for my life. And I rejected what God ultimately wanted for my life. Approval addiction is one of the biggest mind traps of the enemy. Because if he can sort of pull you along, living for that next piece of approval from that authority that's directly over you or from your wife or from your husband or from your cousin or whoever it is that you want their approval. If he can pull you along and just feed you little crumbs of approval, you will never live free from it until you realize that you are approved by God. I lived under this veil of they must like me. I must please them. I must do what they want me to do because if they don't like me, I don't know how I'll function. I'll go to bed anxious. I'll go to bed frustrated. As I sought their approval, I sacrificed my life. And I will never forget, you guys know my story. I woke up one day (laughs) 
<laughs> from this idol worship of approval addiction. And I found the Lord during that marriage. And you guys know the story. I don't need to relive it. But at 3 a.m. in the morning, I realized something that changed my entire world. That there I was in a terrible marriage, so young. I was a baby, you guys. I was a baby myself. In a terrible marriage, God met me right there in that terrible marriage at the height of my sin and at the height of the mess that I had created for my life. And he met me with grace and he approved of me even in that space. He didn't greet me with condemnation. He didn't greet me with guilt. He didn't greet me with any other thing other than arms open wide. And when I started my relationship with him at 3 a.m. in the morning that night, something in me was satisfied that had never been satisfied before. Something in me, that scratch on the inside of your soul that just desperately needs someone to like you or to approve you or to like your Instagram picture or to like your quote or to whatever, follow you or all of this mess that we've created, this side of the world that really is just a giant approval addiction. Something inside of me when I met Jesus and he approved of me even in my mess was satisfied. And instantly, that idol of needing human approval died. The thing that you we are looking for when we look at needing to be approved is the Lord meeting us in a place where no human would approve it. And yet he meets us there, sits with us, doesn't come condemn us and say, I made you just how you are, and you're good. The creation I made in you is good. And he walks with us from there. I found you guys, when I filed for divorce, when I was 22, from the man, you can read my story wherever, from an abusive situation, I found when my church kicked me out, I found when I lost all the friends that I had ever known, all of the acquaintances that I have ever known, when everyone forsook me, but God stood with me, I realized I was settling for a lesser form of approval my whole life. And that's what changed my life. Now, I look down now and I, you know, I, I, I wear big sunglasses and I don't know, there's this person on social media that I'll put stories up and they like apparently hate big sunglasses. And so they, they send us private messages all the time about my, my big sunglasses. Guess what? I don't care. I'm going to wear them because I think they look great. I'm not going to change because to, to agree with this person that keeps sending me things like that. Okay. I wear fluorescent fingernails. Some of, some people don't like fluorescent fingernails. I remember one time I had black fingernails on and I preached at a women's conference and I, I was just lots of people that were like, thank you so much for coming, whatever. And this one woman came up to me and called me Jezebel because I 
had black fingernails on and immediately <laughs> judged me based on the color black in my fingernails. Crazy. Guess what? I've gotten black fingernails probably a hundred more times since that woman. I learned during that season of my life that I will never trade the approval I have in, in Christ and my freedom in him for a temporary itch to an eternal scratch. I will never do that again. So not that I've lived completely free, because of course we all struggle with this at times, but what I'm trying to tell you before we get into our text is you are not, you are struggling with, with a, a, a greater need than just needing people's approval. You have never learned if you struggle with this, that you are approved already by God. When he made you, you can read this in Genesis 3, when he made Adam and Eve, he looked at the creation and he said, it is good. It is very good. If you were to go to Psalm 139, I'm not going to go to it right now, but if you were to go to Psalm 139 and read the text in Psalm 139, it will tell you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Sometimes we don't even realize how approved we are. And that's the thought trap that Satan wants to get us into. I don't want them to know how approved they actually are. So I'm going to whisper in their ear. They need their approval to be successful. I'm going to whisper in their ear little tiny lies that sound really good, that sound like tiny little morsels of truth that we must cling on to in order to keep them from recognizing that they are already accepted, approved by God. Approval addiction, and I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm really passionate about this today. <laughs> so I'm like yelling a little bit. Sorry about that. It shows us there's a greater need to agree with God. If this is you, what you need to do is start agreeing with what God says about you. I love this. I, my dad actually told me this one time because I, I was so flustered with feeling as if God could never love me because of my divorce or he could never forgive that. It was just such a big sin or, you know, he could never forgive, you know, the different things that I had done. And he said three words one time, this is 20 years ago that he said this, he said, Autumn, you just need to agree with God. And I've taken that, those, those three words and, and internalized them over the years. My dad does these like five lines of genius little words that he drops on us. And this was one of them. And I've thought about this for a long time. And in the approval addiction vein of the mind traps that Satan sets for us, sometimes it's hard to believe that we are actually fearfully and wonderfully made. Sometimes it's hard to believe that we are actually approved by God. Sometimes it's actually hard to believe that we are accepted, that we have an inheritance when we ask Jesus Christ to forgive us from sin based on the cross. Sometimes it's hard to believe. It doesn't seem like if it is true. And my challenge to you is if it's hard to believe, just start agreeing. Simply agree. This is what I had to do uh, 20 years ago when I'm thinking, God, how could you forgive me for what I have done? 
it's hard for me to grasp that right now. So I, I didn't. What I did was make a conscious decision to agree with what the word of God said about me. I can't believe it quite yet, but I can agree with you. Sometimes what we need to do is just sit back and we need to agree until we believe. Agreeing is a decision. Faith is a decision. Agreeing with God's word is a decision that we make. And sometimes we need to agree with God more than we agree with what others are telling us about ourselves. So many people over the years, especially, you know, being in in the public and doing the show and writing the books and all that kind of stuff. Everyone has an opinion these days. Oh my gosh. Talk about a problem in our world. Everyone has an opinion these days about anything that they see that they want to have an opinion about. And I've definitely been caught in the cross crosshairs of opinions before. And, you know, you, I get these crazy messages and, and have for years about I shouldn't and you should and why, how could you and how this and all that. And, you know, every time I get those, you know, we see them, we see them. A lot of times we ban and block people for just being nasty and ugly because we're here to lift up the name of Jesus, not lift up your opinion. And I will never idolize someone else's words over what God says. But sometimes they get to me because I think to myself, how in the world? Could I have just spoken for 30 minutes about the love of Christ and this person comes in and comments on my nail color or on my lashes or whatever it is? How could they not see that? And it's in those tender moments that I have with Christ when God says, I, I love you, Autumn. I see your heart. I see how hard you studied. I see. Let them say what they want because you are already approved by me. We've got to agree more with what God says about us in his word than what other people are saying. You can look these uh, verses up for yourself, Psalm 139 and Genesis 3, and I encourage you to do those things. But if you're in the camp where you're saying, "I, I can't believe, I can't believe that I am approved, I want you to simply agree, okay? We often, listen, we often say God's no for him, okay? God will say, hey, I want you to do this big feat for my name, or I want you to start a ministry, or I want you to go out on your own in a business, or I want you to speak out more on social media about Jesus, or I want you to do this. I want you to to believe to adopt a child or, or whatever it is. And oftentimes, because of our internal narrative about what we think about ourselves and maybe, maybe getting no's from people and getting re- rejected by people. We go to start a ministry and someone gives us the negative word. So we back off. We go to start a business and someone reminds us of that one time that we weren't good with money. And so we back off. We go to adopt a child and then someone reminds us, you know, well, you, you're, you wouldn't be a good mom because of X, Y, Z. And so we back off and we worship their approval more than God's plan. We say God's no for him. And then we take everything that they say as why we shouldn't do what God wants us to do. And we tell God, 
well, I wasn't, I wasn't a good kid. Like I was rebellious as a kid, so I shouldn't have kids or I'm too old. So I shouldn't have kids or, you know, that one time I was really bad with money. And so I shouldn't start a business or, you know, whatever the case may be, we end up saying God's no for him. Even when he has said, listen, I want you to go do this. Somehow all the things that other people have said, the rejections that we hear in our head circle around and they keep us from what God God has already approved for our lives. Sometimes I wonder, I wrote this in my first book, Appointed. Sometimes I wonder, I wonder what the wasteland of purposes look like that people have bypassed because they haven't got the approval they needed to endure the no. Sometimes I wonder, what would the world actually look like If we were less addicted to the approval of man and more committed to the approval of God, sometimes I wonder, would we, would we have had different leaders in our community? Would, would our teachers look different? Would our history look different? What, I mean, sometimes I just want, would would there be books written about things that we desperately needed, but someone somewhere told uh, Johnny that he couldn't write right, so he never ventured out in faith to follow the calling that God had on his life to, to write a life-changing book. Sometimes I wonder what approval addiction is keeping us from. Don't you ever wonder that? If our world was less focused on approval of man and more committed to agreeing with God about his stamp of approval on our lives, would what we're living today look different? It's a thought. It's a sobering thought. It's one that we should think about. 21 years ago, when I realized that the approval of man had contributed, now clearly I acted on their approval, but contributed to this state that I was in, I remember thinking I will never be incarcerated by someone else's opinion on me for the rest of my life. Now, that's not to say I don't listen to wisdom. I actually love criticism. I love to hear it from, I mean, you can ask the the people that work with us on the podcast. I love hearing ideas. I love those things. But when it gets into a negative state where I feel like it is not agreeing with what God has already told me, I will immediately shut it down and I will follow the leading of the Lord. We say God's no for him. And that I know Satan has used that to keep perfectly able people from doing huge works for the Lord. But that rejection of man stopped them. I want to talk to you about some guy who did this. (laughs) And like I said, we are going to go long today. So just buckle up. We still, we still got some time in here. Exodus three, Exodus three. Y'all know I love my Exodus. I'm going to talk to you about Moses, but I'm going to go a little bit further than just his burning bush moment because we all know that. Okay. I want to read Exodus 3, and I I may read this all the way through. I don't know. It's kind of a lengthy passage, but I do do really want to pull out how he was trying to say God's no for him. Okay. 
Exodus 3.10, therefore, now God, God is at this point having a conversation with Moses. Now, therefore, come now, I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. First, first point that I'll make later. But Moses said to God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt. And God said, or and he says, the text says, certainly I will be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. Verse 13, then Moses said to God, behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel And I will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to them, to the sons of Israel, the I am sent me to you. I'm going to keep reading guys. God furthermore said to Moses, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial name to all generations. Okay. They continue on in this discourse of of conversation. I'm going to skip over to Moses 1, not Moses 1, Exodus 1, and I'm going to continue the conversation between God and Moses here. God is saying, go, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to stretch out my hand. There's going to be many uh, miracles that I will do. Exodus 4.1, then Moses said, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? They may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? And he said, a staff. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. So Moses fled from it. Okay. But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by its tail. So he stretched out his hand and caught it and it became a staff that they may believe the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. The Lord furthermore said to him, hang with me. Now put your hand in your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, the Lord, his hand was leprous like snow. Then he said, put your hand back into your bosom. So he put his hand into his bosom again. And when he took it out of his bosom, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Verse eight, if they will not believe you or heed the witness of the first sign, they may believe the witness of the last sign. I'm almost done. Let's, let's move down to verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent neither recently nor in times past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. The Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf or seen or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go. And I, even I will be with your mouth and teach you what you should say. But Moses, don't know when to quit. This boy's driving me crazy. Okay. But Moses said, 
Please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. Verse 14, then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. And he said, is there not your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks fluently. He can go with you, basically, is what he said. This is one of the best discourses on not agreeing with God. (laughs) This is one of the best examples in scripture. Moses was so concerned about what are they going to say? Who are you? What what if they ask me who you are? Okay. Uh, What if they don't believe me? I don't know how to speak. I don't know what to do. Please send somebody else. It's like Moses is a whiny baby in this this beautiful challenge and opportunity that God has given him. He is saying God's no for him. Why is he doing that? The very heart of all of his questions, which he questioned God five times, by the way, the very heart of all of his questions was rooted in what will they think? Not in, okay, God, you've said this. I'm going to agree with you. You have chosen me and handpicked me from birth to lead the nation of Israel forward. He wasn't focused on what God had already approved. He was focused on what man may disapprove. And so what did he do? He questioned God five times. And by verse 14, God gets mad. And frustrated. This is what he says in verse Exodus 3:11. Who am I that I should go? Exodus 3:13 says this. What shall I say to them? Who sent me? Exodus 4:1. What if they don't believe me? Exodus 4:10. I'm not eloquent in speech, God. Exodus 4:13. Send anybody, somebody else. And I want to tell you something about God in this genius discourse that he has displayed for us in Exodus 3 and 4. God never answers his question, ever. He never directly says, you're right. You're a terrible speaker. You're right, Moses. You're horrible. You're right. I agree with you that you are a terrible speaker. He never babies Moses's need to be approved by man. He doesn't do that. He says, Moses, I'm going to be with you. When you go, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you a staff. It's going to help you. When they ask, now he did answer this question, what should I say to them and who shall send me in Exodus 3, 13? He says, I am who I am. He never even said exactly who he was. He just said, I am who I am. So that's what you're going to tell him. But God does not baby Moses's desire to be approved by man. He never directly answers his question until verse 14, when Moses whines and complains so much about the rejection that he could face from people, he eventually says, fine, take your brother Aaron with you. By then, by verse 14 in Exodus 4, 14, Moses had created a problem for himself. You know, you think of Aaron, eventually he made the golden calf, which was a big no-no to God. Moses, in that moment, when he disagreed with God so many times about God's approval of himself, he forfeited his authority, his total authority that God had given him, and he had to share it with Aaron. And like I just said, eventually Aaron was going to make the golden calf. And Aaron was kind of a pain for several years, if you read the book of Exodus. 
If he had thought at the fourth doubt, he questioned God five times. If he had stopped at the fourth doubt, which God, I'm not eloquent in speech. What if they don't listen to me? God came in and said, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to be with your mouth. God clearly told him that if he would have just stopped and moved forward, he wouldn't have made God mad. You see how gracious God is when God says, listen, I've approved you. I've chosen you for this great thing. And you ask and ask and ask and say, well, who am I? I can't speak. What if they don't believe me? Who, who do you say that I am? If he would have just stopped at the fourth time, he actually would have saved himself a lot of problems down the road, but he didn't. He kept, he pressed in. That's why I'm telling you today. A lot of us are like Moses. I have definitely been there. When it's hard for me to believe that God could be asking me or has approved me to do a work for him, like writing the books that I've written, I was in shock for years, still actually am, that God would have had me write some of the books that I did. But I chose to silence that need in me to to be approved by man because I knew that the disapproval of man was going to be great when I was setting out to write these three books. And I decided to dig deep into the approval of God not question God too much because if he asked me of me, he was going to give me the grace to get through. How many of you guys have asked these five questions? Who am I that you should ask this of me? What shall I say to them? Who are you? What if they don't believe me? I don't know how to speak. Just choose somebody else. It'd be easier, God, if you just chose somebody else. How many of you guys have said, one of those five things, probably all of us, for fear of the rejection of man. I believe that those of you that are listening to this today, God is asked to do incredible things like Moses. And some of you, and I believe this is true, have said God's no for him. I can't do that because you fill in the blank. What if they reject? What will people think? And I'm telling you today that I believe that God is calling a generation of believers to be bold for his name. And I believe that God is calling a generation of believers to stop listening to the desired need of approval from the world and start committing to the truth that you are already approved by. God. I'm telling you, when I got that 20 years ago, it changed. I would not be sitting here today if it wasn't for me having an epiphany, aha moment that I was already approved. And all this approval that I was seeking was a well that kept running dry. I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't have written my books. I certainly would not be so vulnerable, but I've learned I already have God's approval and it satisfied me to the core. I want you guys to simply agree with God. If you can't believe it yet, agree with God until your soul believes with your agreement. And I'm telling you what, it will radically change your life. I hope this helps. I know we ran really, really long. I've got a question from a listener that we're going to tackle after the break. But I want you to know I love you. I'm praying for you. And I hope this helps you. I'll see you after the break. 
We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply. But God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of his reach to use and redeem all things for his purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab, the biblical harlot, and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse, and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get your copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, we're back. I hope you took a breather after all of that. I know I did. This it's so weird. The questions that they pull, how just how they they always seem to align with what what I'm talking about. And this is so crazy. This comes from Sarah. How are you, Sarah, my dear? She asked a very tender question, and I I want to answer it with as much grace as possible. She says this, I was also kicked out of my church. It has been eight years, and I don't know where to begin with how to move on. Sarah, God bless your heart. Of course, I don't know the circumstances surrounding whatever happened to you, but, but I can definitely see the end result. We're sisters in that. <laughs> I know exactly how that feels. I um, remember that day as if it was yesterday, even though it was two decades ago. I want to tell you very plainly, Sarah, there is a God who is obsessed with you. I don't know the circumstances of why you were kicked out, but I'm sure that the enemy has been drawing a narrative in your mind these eight years that is probably filled with so many lies about church, about church people, about God. And Sarah, I know you don't know how to move forward, but I'm telling you where to begin today. It's with you and God alone. I encourage you to get in God's word. I encourage you to let the pages of the scripture heal some probably very deep, very tender, very hard places inside of you. I encourage you not to throw church away because of one church. Let me tell you something. I, I, I am the poster child for I should have left the church and I should be mad at it. But I was determined not to live a life of bitterness and anger towards the church. I was determined to serve 
the church, even though they had heard me. And I want to tell you, Sarah, there are some amazing churches out there with some amazing pastors. I've got three pastors. I'm married to a pastor. My brother's a pastor. My dad's a pastor. We got pastors everywhere. And I'm telling you what, there are incredible men that are leading incredible bodies. And I encourage you to try again. But right now today, your step forward is getting alone with the spirit of the living God, getting in the word and allowing him to probably to unravel some of this hurt that I'm sure you're facing. That's where I would start. Okay. Sarah, thank you so much for writing, writing in. I wish you were in person. So I'd give you a hug and just talk you through it and know a little bit more details about it. I'm going to pray. And then we'll end this segment out. Father God, we love you. I thank you that you are a gracious God. I thank you today, Lord, that your word is true. It can always be depended on. I thank you, God, that you say things in your word that we would never even believe it if it weren't in print for us to read it. I thank you, God, that you think so much highly, more highly of us than we ever think of ourselves. I thank you, God, that we have a God that loves us. You love every piece of us. I thank you, God, that we can come to you with our need to be approved and you fully satisfy that need every single time we come. Lord, I pray over every single listener right now. I pray you you know the needs of what they're going through right now. You know the desires that they have. You know the rejection that they're facing. And Father, I pray that your spirit in them would be louder than any rejection that they face. I pray that you give them a peace to move forward. I pray that you give them a peace to persevere. God, I pray that you would show up in their lives and that you would speak incredible life giving words over them. Lord, we trust you with our very lives, with the lives of our families, with our kids, with our marriages. We trust you. We trust you. So God, we're asking you to show up in each one of our lives today and in this next week. In Jesus name. Amen. I love you guys so much. I will see you next week. We're going to talk about happiness. Happiness. I hate it when people say God doesn't want you to be happy because that's just not true. And I'm going to tell you from his word to back up what I'm going to say. Love you guys. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Oh, <laughs>